1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge of someone getting their husband's own restaurant shut down. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, neighbor's son is a pain in the butt, so we get him arrested. Throughout most of my teenage life, I've dealt with all manner of people. More people with bad behavior than good and I discovered that I can handle most of them. The best way to handle crappy people is by ignoring them, and being someone that has lived in the city for a very long time, ignoring people is my forte. Once you learn the subtle art of ignoring people, you'd learn that you can live and even thrive with anyone. But then there are some people that you just can't ignore. The ones who take pride in annoying the heck out of you these ones like to force themselves in your business making it impossible to ignore them i encountered someone like this when my parents decided to move to the suburbs he was so annoying that soon enough i couldn't come with him anymore i had to take care of the problem the only way i knew how but before i get into all that let's discuss a little about how i ended up in the suburbs all my life i've lived in the city where we had to endure the busy sidewalks and traffic jams every day and the noisy nightlife every night, we had neighbors who didn't care if you hadn't come out of your apartment for a week and would only call the police if they smelled something funny. The city has a lot of disadvantages and every reason for us to hate it, but still, I'll choose the city over the suburbs every time. I visit my grandparents in the suburbs and while it's peaceful and less noisy than the city, I don't see myself living there. I thought that i'd enjoy the peace and quiet for a day or two and go back to missing the loudness of the city after all anything deemed pleasurable should be enjoyed in small doses but then everything changed at the end of sophomore year of high school a week into the summer holiday i came home with my younger brother franklin from the basketball field a few blocks away from our apartment and for the first time in a long time dad was home during midday this rarely ever happened and we were used to dad coming home from work in the evening. I wanted to ask what was going on, but from the look on my mom and dad's face, I knew something was wrong. Before I could ask what was going on, mom gave me a bunch of chores to work on. Over the years, I've learned that that was her own way of saying, I don't want to talk about it. As I did my chores, my mind couldn't stop trying to figure out what was wrong. Something with a family member? An accident maybe? Were my grandparents okay? By dinner time, I've thought of thousands of reasons for my parents' odd behavior, but at the dinner table, I discovered that none of my ideas were right. I couldn't really enjoy my pasta and meatballs during dinner because something was wrong, and my parents still weren't telling me what was going on. By now, it was very obvious that I wasn't imagining that something was wrong. Dad was eating his dinner, quietly, he wasn't making jokes and trying to make everyone laugh. This only happened once in a while when he's not in a good mood. By now, I had had enough. I dropped my fork and faced my parents, asking them to tell me what's wrong. At first, my dad tried to deny it, but my mom decided that we had to know. She convinced them that we weren't kids and it's important that we know everything going on. After much thought, my dad agreed. He sighed and told me, along with some of the employees in his division, were laid off, and he was out of a job. The news shocked me more than I could have anticipated. I mean, I thought about all the possible reasons why they might have been acting weird, but I never thought it could be for something like this. I've heard about other families where the breadwinners lost their jobs and it becomes difficult for them to survive, but I never thought that would be my story. We weren't rich when my dad had a job, but we lived comfortably. My dad made sure to always get us everything we wanted. Money had never been a problem, basically. But now, I didn't even know what was going to happen. I asked my dad how we were going to move from there, and he said he hadn't figured out that part yet. Not surprising, actually. There were so many variables to think about, and he needed some time to figure out a plan. I couldn't sleep well that night. I just kept tossing and turning on my bed as the time passed. I didn't know what was going to happen in the coming days, but what I knew was that everything was going to change. And I was right. A few days after the bad news of my dad losing his job, my dad came home with even worse news. He had gotten his severance, and he thought the best thing to do was move to a cheaper environment till he could get back on his feet. By cheaper environment, he meant, yep, you guessed it, the suburbs. I tried to argue my case, telling them that we could move into cheaper apartments in the city if the cost was the problem, but it wasn't. Dad had been speaking to my grandparents and they had arranged that he was going to buy a small hardware store in town. There was also cheaper accommodation and a flexible mode of payment. It made sense, but it would mean moving to the suburbs, which I didn't want, but then I should have seen it coming. Maybe I did actually, but I didn't want to think about it because it'll be confirming my worst fear. I couldn't fight my parents concerning their decision. I had to be supportive in their trying times, and so, even as it hurt me. I didn't argue further about the change in living arrangements. I said goodbye to all my friends and halfway into the summer holiday, we moved to the suburbs. We weren't happy about the move, but I can tell you who was, my grandparents. They lived a few streets away from us and this way they could visit us every weekend. We got to our new home and settled in immediately. Living in the suburbs had a few perks, I have to confess. The house was two times bigger than the one we had in New York. I also had my personal bedroom, which was also bigger than the one my brother and I used to share, but that's all the perks there is to the suburbs. It was too quiet, and yeah, maybe the air doesn't smell like car exhaust smoke and dumpsters. But what can I say, I could have gotten accustomed to the smell of trash and smoke. The days passed and it felt as though my sadness was bordering towards depression. My mom noticed and she decided that I should go out and explore the neighborhood. Maybe I'd see that it wasn't so bad. All I wanted to do at that time was lie in bed and stare at my ceiling. But after a moment of persuasion, I decided to check out the neighborhood, as she said. I went with Frank, and a few streets down we discovered a park which had a basketball court. There were some people playing at the time, so we decided to watch. After a moment they invited us to play with them. That was when I saw that maybe the suburbs was not all bad. I went home pretty late that night and surprisingly, mom wasn't mad. All she wanted to know was that we had a good day and we were finally adjusting to life there. Dad was also doing well. He had finalized the deal with the hardware store and was ready to invest in inventory. Things were looking up. A few weeks later, Franklin and I resumed school. I was in junior year and he was starting freshman year. One of the reasons why I didn't want to leave the city was because here I was going to be the new guy. I hated being the new guy and having to make friends all over again. The crazy thing is that your social status in school depends on the first few days of you being in school. If you mess it up by doing something weird, you become the weird kid for life. I didn't want to risk that. Anyways, like I said, we resumed school and we both tried out for the basketball team. We both made the team, and most of my friends for the first few days were from the basketball team. The others were guys I met on the community basketball court.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Anyway, things were going pretty great, and I'd totally forgotten my reasons why I didn't want to come to the suburbs in the first place. But I was quickly reminded. A few weeks into our resumption, we got a new neighbor. One weekend, I was outside mowing the lawn since dad had to open the store on weekends too. A blue Ford pulled into the driveway of the empty house next door, followed by a moving van. A woman roughly my mom's age stepped out of the car and looked around the house. In fact, she looked a lot like my mom and I couldn't stop staring. She had the same blonde hair, tanned skin and an athletic shape. She noticed me staring and she waved at me, which I returned quickly. Someone else stepped out of the car and he stepped into view. He was too young to be her husband and they kind of looked alike, which makes him her younger brother or son. He's really tall and well-built, which makes me wonder if he's truly her son. He looked my way and eyed me for a moment before proceeding to walk into the house. I finished my chore and walked into the house. A few hours later, mom decided that it's right for us to welcome the newcomers into the neighborhood. Welcoming new neighbors wasn't really our style because of where we were coming from, but mom wanted us to adapt by all means. Besides, when we settled into our house, a lot of neighbors came over to welcome us and make us feel comfortable. It's only right that we continue the tradition. That evening after the moving in process had been completed, we all went to say hi to the new neighbors. The woman, let's call her Alice, was really pleased to see us, and she even invited us to dinner, which mom agreed to. Mom and Alice hit it off immediately when they found out that they were in the same frat house in college. Me on the other hand, I didn't vibe with her son that well, let's call him Lewis. He was going to be a senior in my school, and I learned that he also played basketball, but for some reason I just didn't like him. I couldn't tell whether it was the obnoxious smirk he had on his lips the whole time or the way he eyed my mom right in front of my dad. Anyways, dinner ended and we had to return to our homes. Frank told me about the same look I noticed with Louis. He said it looked like how he pictured what a serial killer smile would look like. We told our parents about it, but they waved us off. The next week we went to school and I walked into Louis in the hallway. He simply waved at me from the distance which I returned. As soon as I turned to grab a few things from my locker, Lewis walked up to me. He pulled out something from his bag and showed it to me. My eyes go wide at the sight of rolled marijuana in his palm. I told him immediately to put it away. The state we moved to, unlike New York, hasn't legalized the intake of weed. Having it in one's possession could get them arrested. I told him this and he just rolled his eyes, telling me to stop behaving like an old preacher, whatever that meant. Next, he asked me if I'd like to take a few puffs with him. I declined immediately and the smirk on his face disappeared. He asked me if I thought I was better than him, to which I said no. He stared at me for a moment and I couldn't tell which was more scary, the way he smiled or the way he frowned. He left me after a moment and walked away. I thought that was the end, but I've never been so wrong in my life. Lewis tried out for the basketball team and he got in. He was just as good as me. He played my position and we had to switch out during games, but switching out wasn't enough for him. Soon enough, I got the vibe that he wanted the position all for himself, so I'll get relegated to the B-team. I got the vibe that this was what he was trying to do immediately, and I made sure to never let my guard down. When he didn't succeed, he started to get physical. During training one day, he made me trip on my feet and it caused a big argument with some people supporting him, while others supported me eventually the coach had to step in during lunch break i got together with some friends in the cafeteria and we talked about lewis no one knew why he behaved the way he did or why he resumed weeks after the session had already started another person said he was expelled from his previous school but nobody knew how true that was but the one thing we could attest to was the fact that he brought marijuana to school every day I've seen him smoking once in an abandoned toilet stall outside the school building. The one thing I could tell from all the evidence on ground was that Lewis was deeply disturbed, and if the rumors of him being expelled from his former school were true, it won't be very difficult for me to believe. Anyways, I decided to steer clear of him. Like I said earlier, the subtle art of ignoring people that behaved stupidly always worked for me, and I was counting on it to work again but I've never been so wrong about anything in my entire life. I tried my best to ignore Lewis, but it didn't work, because he did everything he could to be in my face all the time. It was as though he knew that I was trying to ignore him and he wouldn't let me. One time, I met my locker opened, and some of my books had been torn to shreds. Another time I went to the boys locker room to change into my basketball clothes, only to open my locker and find out that all my gym clothes, even my gym bag, had gone missing. I knew these were all the work of Lewis, but I didn't want to go to him and cause a scene, so I did what I knew how to do best. I ignored him, but Lewis would not back down. He wanted me to do something, so he kicked it up a notch. During a practice game, my brother Frank was in his team, so he turned a pass to him. Instead of aiming for his hands, Lewis aimed for his face. He threw the ball with so much force that it knocked him off his feet. I hurried over to my brother's side and saw that he had a bleeding nose. I was so furious that I walked over to Lewis and punched him right across the face. The coach kicked me out of the court for my behavior, and even as I tried to explain that Lewis's actions were intentional, he didn't believe me. He went on to give me detention for arguing with him. That was the last straw, and I decided that I was going to hit him back, that same day. At the close of the day, before I started my detention, my friends and I decided to meet up. We brainstormed ways to get back at Lewis, but at first, most of all the ideas we thought of were too extreme and would surely get us in trouble. It took a long while for us to come up with something, and we almost gave up on the whole thing, when one of my friends, Mark, suggested that we call the police. We tell them about the marijuana he brings to school. At this point, it had been long since I'd seen him smoke, so I couldn't be sure he still did it. So one of the boys decided that instead of risking it and calling the police when he's clean, we should plant some on him. Mark and the others decided that they'll get the weed. I thought it would take them a few days to do it, but the next day, they came to school with a few sticks, which we planted in his gym bag in the boys' locker room. Next, Mark called the police and they came right away. Lewis denied having drugs and when they searched the bags, they found the marijuana. They found even more than we planted. Lewis was taken away by the police and it's been over a week and he hasn't returned to school. I guess he was suspended or something. Not gonna lie, hearing a story like this makes me kind of glad that I'm just no longer in high school. There's just no feeling quite like being in high school and thinking you have a mortal enemy. I mean, to the point where you're just willing to try to blow this guy's future up. I guess you can't say that he didn't deserve it in some way, right? That said, our next story is... I pulled strings to have my husband's restaurant shut down. The trajectory of my husband's life changed completely when I got his restaurant shut down completely and he had to stay back at home and take care of our children at the home front while I worked. The system continued until our two children were old enough to get out of the house. For years, I was terrified of my husband finding out what I'd done, but now, I honestly do not mind him finding out. I'm glad I did what I did because not only did I get the much needed satisfaction from getting my revenge on someone who had hurt me, but it also made my marriage better and that wasn't even all the benefits. My revenge made my life a lot better and I became a much better and more refined person. Of course, that affected my family positively. If I could do things all over again, I would not do anything differently in any way. Want to hear the story? Grab a bottle of wine because you're in for a ride. My husband and I got married five days after I graduated from college. Before I married my husband, I never imagined, not even once, that I'd get married at 23. I'd always thought people who got married in their early 20s were lame. Getting married in your early 20s is like leaving a party by 10 p.m., I joke with my friends. My husband was a teaching assistant to a professor in another department. We met one day at the library where I was returning a book, and he fell hopelessly in love with me. I had a bubbly personality, an active social life, and big dreams. My husband, on the other hand, was not quite sure what he wanted to do. He was starting to realize at the time that he didn't like teaching that much and wanted to try his hands at something else. I wanted to be a writer, not just any writer but one who was a big deal. I promised myself that by the age of 30 I'd have written at least two books. Well, by 30 I was a stay at home mom with a 7, 5 and 5 year old and a husband who was in the middle of a major career transition. You may wonder how that happened. How a career-driven woman abandoned her dreams to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant just after I finished my last exams in college. In panic, I called my mom and told her about what had happened. My parents are Catholic, and so were my husband's parents, so naturally, they were strongly against getting an abortion. They decided then that getting married would be the fine option. My husband wanted to do things the right way too. He wanted to marry me and his family were fully in support of that decision. I, on the other hand, was conflicted about it. I loved my husband and was sure that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that at that time. Eventually, I gave in and saw reasons why marrying him and raising my child in the Christian way was the best way to go. With the support of our families, my husband and I got married shortly after I graduated from college my mom never worked outside the home for a day in her life she just took care of us and even when we were grown she looked after dad in the home naturally she desired that kind of lifestyle for me i told myself that i'd write while watching and caring for my child but when my son came he was a handful and a very demanding child i could never get past a sentence my husband worked two jobs and we had just enough to have a good life Not long after, I found out that I was pregnant again. That hurt me even more than the first pregnancy, but I kept my baby, of course. The third time I got pregnant, I'd completely resigned myself to being a mom. I was going to be just like my mom. She never worked outside the home, but my siblings and I felt blessed to have her in our lives. My dad, too. She was the most hardworking and sweetest mother ever. She taught us great values early on, and because of her, we all turned out well. I desired the same for my children. I always wanted to be fully present with my children, especially in the formative stages of their lives. When my first son was six, I started to feel severely unfulfilled with my life. I would see my old friends' and classmates' pictures on social media, receiving some award or doing some new stuff. Even something as little as them going hiking would trigger me badly. I'd cry and my mood would be ruined for the rest of the day. I tried to talk about my lack of fulfillment with my husband one night and he shut it down immediately with a conversation about not feeling fulfilled with his job as a college professor. To be honest, I allowed my husband to go on with his rants and paid attention to him because I genuinely believed that his career was more important than mine. He was our provider in the family and he did a great job. If he wanted to talk about how he isn't happy being a professor, I should listen to him. I listened to him, his fears and worries and assured him that if he decided to make a transition in his career, he had my full support. I remained unhappy and the lack of fulfillment grew. It got better when one day I mentioned to someone in our neighborhood that I was a writer and used to write for my school's magazine in my undergraduate days. She called me on later to ask if I could write for the neighborhood bulletin. It was barely a job and it paid so little but Boy, was I grateful. I grabbed it with both hands and writing again soon made me feel better about my life and where I was. I wrote about everything from love to romance to motherhood to children and food recipes. It was fun and I stopped feeling so left out. It also made me feel good when I ran into old classmates and I brought up my latest article for the magazine. At that time, my husband had quit his job to decide on what he wanted to do. I'm a great cook my mom made sure of that but my husband was an even better cook he also went to a culinary school briefly after he graduated from high school and he did quite well there before returning to the country he loved to cook and the children enjoyed his meals the only reason my husband hadn't completely taken over the kitchen for me was because he was too busy with his jobs when he left them and was mostly at home he started to cook more and one day he had an idea I'm going to open a restaurant, he told me when I returned from the market one day. I looked at him like he was crazy. What? That's what I'm going to do. From being a college professor to running around in a restaurant? I don't see it, honey. He said, come on, I cook well. I shot him a skeptical look and walked into the kitchen with the bags in my hands. He said, I cook well, you know that. I sighed and said, I know you cook well, that's a fact. But cooking for a large group of people and running a restaurant is a lot more than just knowing how to cook. It is a lot of work. I know this. I worked as a waitress in high school and I couldn't even handle that much stress. He said, well, that is what I want to do. You promised that you'd support my dreams. I believe that we can do this. I rolled my eyes and said, don't say we. There won't be a we because I already handle the home front. If you're going to start a restaurant, you must do it yourself, buddy. He said fine look i just want your blessing i said if we dig that deeply into our savings what are we going to do if it doesn't work out he said that's the thing we won't i replied how so he said we're going to ask our parents for a loan i said you know i don't like to ask my parents for money he said but they can help and they will they would do anything for you you are daddy's favorite i smiled i'm sure daddy loves all his children the same He said, really? Because I'm the only son-in-law who's allowed to call him daddy. We both agreed to ask our parents for a loan and get the restaurant running. My husband did most of the research running a restaurant and all that. The only decision I actively made with him was choosing a great spot for the restaurant. It was quite challenging at first, but after four months, the restaurant was doing okay for a restaurant its size. I hardly ever went to the restaurant because I was busy at home. I wasn't even interested until my husband hired this sous chef and would not shut up about her. The funny part is, I thought this chef was a dude because she had a guy's name, so when he would mention how helpful she was, I would smile and nod my head until he said, she in a sentence, and I went bonkers. The chef he'd been praising all this while was a woman? I decided I was going to meet her. One evening, I asked my neighbor's teenage daughter to babysit my boys and I went to the restaurant. She was the first person I saw on getting to the restaurant. I still remember the black jean trousers she wore and the tiny red top she wore underneath her kitchen apron. She was talking to someone just in front of the restaurant. Hello, I called out to her. She smiled and we exchanged pleasantries. That evening, I felt so intimidated by her that I waited till the restaurant closed before leaving with my husband she's cute i said to my husband as we drove home and studied his facial expression oh he said simply at least you have something beautiful to look at when you're at work he rolled his eyes and said don't start i add you didn't mention how attractive she was he said what why did you leave out the fact that your sous chef was a sexy young woman my husband ignored me i said aren't you going to say anything he said i don't see why i should be concerned about her attractiveness I was hiring a chef, not a model. I said, well, you left out that she could cook and was pretty. That's convenient. He said, what? Look, I just want to go to bed. I'm tired. My husband made me feel like I was crazy for even bringing that up, but he was sleeping with her. Okay, I don't know if they started sleeping together at the time, but he was probably attracted to her already. That night I thought of how ridiculous it was liberating my husband not to tell me his sous chef was attractive. I apologized the next morning and never spoke about her ever again, even when I did find out that my husband was sleeping with her. My neighbor's teenage daughter was 17 at the time. I used to call her an old soul because she spoke and behaved like someone much older. We didn't just have a neighbor relationship, we were friends. She would watch over my kids for a small fee, run errands for me, and we sometimes watched movies and had fun together. I also helped her with her homework and offered her big sister advice. She was the one who found out that my husband was sleeping with his sous chef. I had my suspicions before then, but she confirmed it. My husband would return home very late. I hardly even saw him for two weeks at some point, because he'd return home when the children and I were asleep and hurry out early in the morning. I knew my husband well enough to know that if something wasn't exciting him at the restaurant, he'd hurry home at the end of every day. I told my mom about it and she advised me not to ask him about it, just keep being a good wife. You could be wrong. Don't even bring it up. My mom was quite old school and was one of those women who were okay with their husband cheating. As long as he hides it well and is a good dad and husband. I have no idea how a cheat can be a good husband anyway. One morning, my neighbor's daughter called me. I was surprised that she called because I knew she and a couple of her friends had gone on a camping trip. Are you okay? I asked her. She said, yeah, I am. I waited for her to tell me her reason for calling. When she didn't say anything... I asked again if she was okay. I'll see you when we return. I figured it was probably a boy drama. I said, okay, honey, don't get pregnant. I could tell that that laughter she let out was forced, and I got worried that she got pregnant. But I'm ashamed to say that when she dropped the actual news, I wished she had gotten pregnant instead. She had caught my husband entering a motel on the outskirts and holding hands with his sous-chef. My husband had returned home that morning and he said something about falling asleep after closing up the restaurant. I didn't think he was lying. I didn't even think about it at all. And it was because he returned home very late at night anyway. I was in complete shock. I left my children in her care and drove to my parents. In tears, I told my mom about what happened. I can't believe that despite all I sacrificed to keep our marriage and family together, he would do this to me. My mom comforted me and I returned home. That night I went out of the house and called my mother, Mom, I have to get revenge. My mom and I planned to run my husband's restaurant to the ground because she assured me that if I fought my husband over it, he might leave me for the sous chef. If he lost the restaurant, he'd lose her, I said to my mom. My dad may have been the one in a high position, but my mom was well connected in society. To start with, her dad was a politician and her big brother was a renowned attorney my mom had her way around nearly everything she promised to help me do something about my husband's restaurant for starters she'd called the health department to report that she'd repeatedly seen hair in her food and stuff like that usually a health inspection is carried out after such complaints are made an inspection was done and because these people are very thorough they found several health violations and they slapped a heavy fine on the restaurant just as my husband was trying to recover from that It drove a wedge between him and his mistress, by the way. My mom arranged for the restaurant's liquor permit to be revoked. It was revoked because the area was a residential one, and the restaurant was supposed to be a family restaurant. I started to see my husband at home more. He was frustrated about the liquor permit revocation. He wasn't happy about it at all, and it was all he complained about. A huge amount of our profit comes from the sales of alcohol, he said. In that period, I was hardly there to listen to his woes. My mom had assured me that the reason he was taking me for granted was because he thought I was granted. I started to apply for jobs. I wrote to magazines and news outlets. I sent them my CV, samples of my writing and all that. I didn't even tell my mom I was job seeking. I also started to dress better. I wore finer clothes and more makeup. When my husband told me I was acting distant, I just smiled and looked away. I don't even know what's going on in your life anymore, he said. I didn't bother to offer a response or justification for my secrecy. One day, my husband announced that he was closing down the restaurant. The biggest investor was pulling out because profit had been extremely low. My husband was down badly. The sous chef had of course quit and fled. Still, I was not quick to embrace and comfort him. I didn't even try. One day, I announced to him that I'd been offered a job at a huge magazine company in the city. My husband tried to resist, but I wasn't even asking him, and I made that clear. I accepted the job, while my husband stayed back at home and took care of our children. I had to look great because of my job, and I did. My husband's respect for me grew, and things went back to how they were when we first got married. The only difference was that I was the provider. That was our family dynamic until our oldest went off to college. My husband then returned to teaching. That was also the only time that I ever had an infidelity situation in my marriage. Well, I mean, as long as OP's happy now, I guess things are all good. As long as OP doesn't pull a reverse on their husband and find somebody else that they're going to sleep with, then I guess everything's all square. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right.